אז אולי נשמע את שאול בן עזיז. מה השם של אבא? זאב חיים בן שמעון הלוי. זאב חיים בן שמעון הלוי, פה מישהו שואל אותו יותר. We have, in the Parsha, we have Avraham going to war. And one of the questions is he takes 318 men. Did, did I say this on Thursday? This is what I said. No? He takes 318 men with him. And the, the question... That was always troubling me is, is where did he get the number 318 from? Right, it's not a magic number. Right? You don't find anywhere else the number 318 being a magic number in Judaism. So where did he get 318? I mean, if he's going to battle the four mighty kings, right? Uh, I don't know, four, 318, you know, 500, 1,000. I don't know where the number should be, but we, we, number 318 is a very exact number. Not 318. So it's always a question that I had. I didn't uh, see any discussion on the topic. The Medrash says that he took Eliezer. And the Eliezer is Bigimatria, right, the numeric equivalent. Uh, if you add up the name Eliezer, it coincidentally comes up to 318. So there you have it. He took Avram and Eliezer. So first I want to uh, put, tell you that there is a great movie, right? There's a great movie worth watching because we're talking about Abraham. It's called Young, yeah, Young Abraham, com. You go to youngabraham.com, it's much cheaper if you go there instead of the, the other sites. Right, for two bucks, you could watch what Avraham looked like when he was a little kid. <laughs> um, it's well worth it. I uh, did, uh, I uh, bought it for my daughter. I had seen it years ago and I bought it for the little one. And uh, I had already seen it, but uh, I got uh, hoodwinked into watching it again. It's fantastic. Uh, that does not cover the period of the battle. So uh, that's one you're going to have to use your imagination for. But if you want to see Avram when he was younger, you could watch that movie. It's fantastic. Based on the Midrash, right? Uh, well worth watching. Uh, very well done. But Avram here, he's facing the, uh, this uh, enemy that had um, captured, right? It's all in the Parsha. Right, and we're hoping for the same success that Avram had for our Chayalim, right, that uh, he rescued Lot. So he rescued Lot with 318. So uh, 318, so we said that it was Eliezer. So I, I don't know, it's getting worse. First he had 318, now he's down to Eliezer and Avram. Right, so it's not going to work. So it doesn't seem to be very practical. So it's interesting, there was in, in Europe, Um, the uh, Haskalah, the Enlightenment, um, was sweeping before World War II, right? The Haskalah, the Enlightenment, uh, a lot of uh, Jews were uh, falling off the wagon um, in that period. And uh, particularly in uh, towns which had great yeshivas, also had great, had great, you know, with intellect of the yeshiva, also comes great intellect of uh, non-yeshiva. So uh, in... Uh, In uh, one of the great uh, towns of Europe, so there was a, uh, a theater, a Jewish theater. And in the Jewish theater, they had there the Chofetz Chaim and Reb Chaim Oyser. They were on the center uh, stage, right? And it was talking about a, the great war between the Jewish people, again, the Jewish people and the rest of the world. So you see, the play, oh, the play is about, right, the uh, Torah or the, how silly to a certain extent the Torah is. 
And it was mocking, right, the fact that we know that when you go to battle, so the, uh, in the Torah's uh, discussion of battle, so the Kohen gets up and he says, whoever planted a vineyard and didn't yet uh, have a chance to re- re- eat from its fruit, he should go home. Whoever built a house and didn't have a chance to live in it should go home. Right? Whoever got married but didn't have a chance to, for the year or whatever, didn't have a chance to be with his wife, he should go home. And then it says, whoever is afraid also should go home. So this was the play. So, of course, right, by the time they finish all of this announcement, everybody leaves the stage. And there's only two people left on the stage. Right, the Chavetz Chaim, someone dressed up, an uh, old man, the Chavetz Chaim. Right, and, and the Reb Chaim Oizer, the two great leaders of the time. So they came running, in, in the Yeshiva Kamenitz, they came running to a Baruch Ber, saying that uh, they're making fun in the theater, they're making fun. So Barbet told them. Oh, but what happened? The, the curtain came down. They missed the best part. Oh, I am sorry. No, no, no. I had to tell you. As the curtain's folding, what happens? Reb Chaim so the Chavetz Chaim was a coin. And Reb Chaim the great saint Chavetz Chaim was a coin. He was only a coin. The leader of world Jewry at the time was Reb Chaim He was the, everything went through him. He passed away right before the war. World War II. But everything went through him. During the war. So the, so the, it ends that Reb Chaim says that the Chavetz Chaim should uh, take the first shot at the oncoming enemy because he's a Kayin. So the Chavetz Chaim tells him, no, 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 Reb Chaim you're the leader of world Jewry. You have to take the first shot. No, you're the Kayin, you're the leader, right? And that the curtain falls. So they told this to, uh, to um, Baruch Ber. So he told them, oh, but they missed the best part. They won. Right, they, won. <laughs> they missed, they won. Right. And that story captures really the story of Avram. When we're talking about the 318 or the Eliezer, it makes no difference. <laughs> They're not going to work. This is not going to work. This is going against an army that was tested, just bested the five. Right? This is a mighty, uh, a mighty force. Right? And Avram right, wiped them away. Right? That's where the Midrash comes, that he took the sand. Right? He threw the sand. It became arrows. Right? That's how we need. We need, so we need that type of sand. Right? Bezrat Hashem. You know, when we're praying for our chayalim to be successful, Bezer Hashem, right? They could be successful by being on the border. Right now they're on the border. They're into the, in, past the border now. Right? I'm still praying, God, you, know, you, you take care of the problem. You take care of the problem. They did their part. You take care of the problem. And we can pray for that too. It's okay. You don't have to... Uh, we could forgo the honor. We give the God, honor to God for the shot. But that is... Right, what is the number 318? So I heard from... In the writings of Rav Tzadik Akayim, Tzadik Akayim, one of the great early uh, Hasidic masters, but brilliant uh, in everything. I mean, some people, they're much more famous after they die. Right? When I was a kid, when I was a little boy, never heard of Tzadik Akayim. All of a sudden, they found him. All of a sudden, right, he was discovered, if you will. He's far more popular today than he was, uh, than he was years ago. So Tzadik Akayim says something 
that is fascinating. He says, in, we have a concept, and it became now a very popular song. It's a popular message that we all need to hear, particularly uh, at this very time, but really in the last uh, few years, and that is the idea of yush, right? Ein shum yush ba'olam, which yush means to give up, to give up hope, to give into despair, to be despondent. Yiyush is 317. If you add up the numbers of Yiyush, it's 317. That's what the 318 was. A Jew never gives in to despair. Right? Right? Netzach Yisrael lo yishaker. Right, the the Netzach Yisrael, which is the eternal one of Israel, referencing God, Lo Yishakeh, does not lie. Right, God is with Am Yisrael. Right, and that couples with the with the with the song with the words that we quoted the other day. The Amma Netzach, right, Lo Mifached Mideich Harucha, that the eternal people are not afraid of the long road. Right, and that's Am Yisrael. Right, Avram, right, he did what he had to do. He went forward. Right. Right, he didn't give in to this. He didn't give in to Yush. It's impossible, right? There's an expression in the early Israel. There was an expression: the, impo- the the difficult we do now, the impossible, right, takes a little longer. Right? It takes a little longer. But the We have to have a certain certainty. It's a very difficult time. It's, it's, it's right. There's a dark cloud. But the Amanetzach Lomafachid Medecharuchai. We have to have a confidence, just like Avram had a confidence. He didn't give in to the despair, right? Right? To the impossible of the situation. And his situation, Avram's, through the Essenisionos, the 10 tests of Avram, right? They're all about the impossible, right? From his early childhood to his development, right? Everything about Avram was impossible, right? But the impossible happened, right? Right, there's a, I, uh, there's an incredible film, a uh, 13-minute clip. You can Google it on, um, from Rabbi Sachs. If you go to his website, it's there, but you can also Google it on YouTube. The address that he gave in 2010, I think it was 2010 or 2013, I'm sorry, don't remember, um, that he gave at the APAC conference. Right, so if you uh, listen to that film, it's well worth the whole film, but if you go to about the... Um, this eighth minute, I think it is in there, right? He talks about, right, right, Judaism is about, right, discarding the probable for the possible, right? Judaism is all about the possible, right? We live the possible, we live the impossible dream, right? That's really the essence of Judaism, and that's what we all have to realize, we have to understand that the Amman, right, Netzach Yisrael, God, Lo Yishakeh, he doesn't lie, he's there, he's there for Am Yisrael, and Bezrat Hashem, we will all see great miracles, right? But we have to make sure that we never give in to despair. Amen.